0: Shalom everybody and welcome to the Chef Nisha Show, broadcasting live from Judea, rainy Judea today. Thank you, yes, God. thank
1: you, Hashem, so Thank you, much. God,
0: for this beautiful rainy Judea. It's not uh,
1: like super rainy. But it's raining,
0: Maka, I haven't introduced you yet. Okay, I'm waiting. And with Malka Fleischer joining oh, us. Shalom.
1: Oh, hello, shalom,
0: shalom. How you doing? All right.
1: Yes, great. It is raining in Judea.
0: It's like such a joy. Yes, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna reveal uh, one of my secret things is that I actually really like uh, overcast days. I yes. like gray days. I like rain, and I just uh, like sometimes here in our beloved Holy Land. Um, um, so, so what, we, what Malka and I call Yellow ball <clears throat> Which is when you look On the weather And it just shows yellow ball Yellow circle They're great And those are great days But sometimes those are A little oppressive sometimes Especially during the Six months of summer That we have around here Yeah uh, So I, I'm a big fan of Let's call it London gray Okay like, like No a current...
1: you're not shy. I like You just say that After like two days If it'll be like two days Of gray overclass weather But no rain
0: Oh no, no, that's frustrating. If that it's, is it,
1: London gray. That's what London gray is. London gray is just a perpetual grayness. I could just
0: enjoy it for a few days. Let's just put it that way. I don't hate it. <clears throat> I, like sometimes I come out and it's like an overcast day. I'm like, ooh, nice. Like it's a little, it's a little tad cooler, or a tad less bright. It's just, it's just nice. Anyway, right now it's full raining, which is great. You're right. I don't like it when it's not, uh, as we say, you like it productive. It's like coughing. Right. We want it productive. Anyway, so yeah. sorry about that. Um, Maka... You know, the big talk uh, for people listening to our show uh, was last week, you and I had a long discussion in which uh, basically I laid out um, um, a a plan to deal with the protesters. Uh, It wasn't a plan. It was a thought experiment, and I kept stressing that, and people understood that, and I got a lot of email about that. And the thought experiment that I laid out was saying, look, um, maybe we should not give up, but kind of give in a little bit to these guys. Uh, since we weren't totally prepared, and it's like King Saul and King David, and maybe we should back up a little bit until they, you know, calm down. Tell them we're not ripping the nation apart. Everybody could, you know, let the temperature go back down, and and okay, we'll table these things. Let's keep going to other things. So that's the, I laid out that whole that whole theory. I got a lot of great email, and by the way, I was so happy that the email that I received <clears throat> was very um, understanding that I had laid out a thought experiment, not that I'm specifically making a decision, right. So, okay, So you got some listening. A, d- a prescription not a, not a prescription So Carol wrote, writes Fascinating idea A Solomonic solution To the judicial overhaul Please, please do think it through though Especially in the essence of, of, of it is the timing Wait a month or two or more Also consider a pardon For BB and Sarah For the cigars and champagne Who cares about those things And the, she, she writes And then the nimble one Can join the fray Nimble She's uh, she saying, I guess she's saying what I said before, which is, uh, um, I don't know what she means exactly. Isha, <laughs> I would have never thought of this. It's such an original idea, writes Carol. Okay. Uh, Jonathan says, uh, I'm a big fan of your show. I listen every week from home in Mississippi. Ooh, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Nice. Yep. Good job, Isha. I read that. Um, I generally do not comment, but I feel I can I offer a current American perspective Ooh. on your thought experiment. Great. Um, uh, He writes a lot here uh, And he writes um, He writes The idea of a show of force By staging a sit-in in Tel Aviv Which was the other things that I suggested Should be very carefully considered Here in, in in the states Our political enemies had violent riots All summer under the banner of the BLM movement right? Because the mainstream media is so far left They were dubbed mostly peaceful protests Our current vice president Even helped bail out the rioters And was never held to account uh, she should have been politically crucified yet paid almost no political price because of the media allies. On the other hand, the January 6th protest also had a small element that were righteous. Any conservative that dared defend the actions of those protests were stigmatized and the whole conservative movement was demonized. Stigmatized mm. and demonized. Good words. Um, the capital, the capital protest has been very effectively used by... Um, um, by media establishment as a cudgel to justify all kinds of harmful actions against their enemies. New footage released in the last few days on the Tucker Carlson is bringing to light how nonviolent most of those protests really was. Mm. so anyway, he Good goes, writing yeah, he, he goes he writes much much more. Um, and and, 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 and well, well thought out He says I Finally last paragraph He says If you won't fight your enemies When you have the high ground And they are in the valley You will be forced to fight your enemies When they are on the high ground And you are in the valley That's my two cents anyway nice. By the way Obviously Jonathan is either a military man or a biblical man, since he knows about the story of the spies and how God talks about the enemies being in the heights or in the valley when they were coming in. But then when they rejected it, they became in the heights and they were in the valley. Like, Jonathan is either a military right. guy, which, which understands that, or, or, uh, or, or a Bible guy, or both. Those, those are the best folks anyway. Um, that, that's a good email, very good email. And yet Leah writes... Uh, my husband, I enjoy your show. As as new Aleem. we appreciate your insights oh, into Israeli politics and culture. So they have they have come to the land of Israel. Welcome, Leah. Uh, just want to offer another pr- precedent for dealing with the Jewish disunity, which is actually something you referenced a few weeks ago, Ezra and Nehemiah, They took a very hard stance with purifying the Jews who returned to Eretz Israel and even demanded that they divorce their non-Jewish wives. Also, the Hasmoneans fought against the last fortress of Hellenism, they didn't they did not surrender to it. They crushed the the chakra. I, we talk about this, and I, I've likened the Supreme Court to that. Bezrat Hashem, with the help of God, she says, Leah says, We should have the same wisdom, strength, and courage to return our beloved Jewish state to its foundations of Torah. Hatzlacha with all you do, Leah. So Leah's taking here a you know a don't play around attitude and, and basically almost everybody that wrote to me you know, said to me, you know, like, well, except for the, the, the Mississippi, he, he was concerned with, uh, except for Jonathan, he was concerned with, uh, you know, making mistakes of two radical actions that could end up, you know, hurting you because of the media. Right, But
1: also not taking right. like strong enough action. So
0: I was in the Knesset, uh, Monday yeah. and I was sitting with somebody and we were seriously discussing options. Yeah. He actually ended up having a table of like. One, two, three, four people, mm-hmm. um, and we were just talking about these things, and I laid out some of the thoughts, and then, and then suddenly a different spirit came out of my mouth, you know. Wait, and I,
1: what do you mean a different spirit?
0: Well, I'll get to it right now, which is which is I was saying. <clears throat> on the one hand, I can understand what i laid out last week which is you know to kind of pull back a little bit relax let the let the you know how you cook sometimes some things you bring to a boil and you lower it right yes i know all about that sometimes you lower things when you bring things to a boil by the way i noticed that anybody having conversations about these issues constantly uses references to other paradigms or other you know stories or other like whenever we talk about how we should deal with the situation so people are always saying well in this case you know, like the Levites killed their fellow Jews. Or in this uh, case biblical ki- references. Biblical references or, or, or Jonathan from or Mississippi writes, references. you know, this is what happened in America. Very
1: Every, well good. you you gotta learn from history.
0: Right. So I just gave you a food reference. I'm like ah, sometimes nice. you're cooking something, yes, you gotta yes. lower the, the you know the, the the temperature after it's brought to a boil. Then I was thinking about child rearing. And I you know, and I realized most of the time we really have to be when children are acting up, we generally have to be understanding loving helping them see things through breaking up fights showing showing kids like how the other side is reasonable or not or helping them think something through most of the time you really have to slow things down and bring it away from a boiling point right okay but there are times when a kid is going crazy when a child is going crazy that you got to be like no no I don't allow this kind of behavior in my house. I will not let you disrupt the whole the whole situation. You could just go to your room, and there's absolutely no, 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 no. I'm not like I'm not discussing it with you. I'm not gonna. No let more you...
1: screens for you, sir.
0: Right, like like there's a place where it's like you have to also know that there's this place where you're not going to now with your uh, show, uh, totally disrupt the rest of the family and the rest of the household, and basically take center stage and thereby you know kind of. With your agitation, control the room, and everybody's got to turn their attention to you. What am I saying? I'm saying there's a part of me that, that and, and at this discussion at the table to Knesset, I said to people, like, wait a minute. Like, these guys are coming up being, like, you guys are anti-democratic. Why? Because we're the majority, finally voted in a right-wing government, and because we don't want judges to elect themselves? And you want to call us anti-democratic? Because you, because you because you you know uh, because you are uh, have been prosecuting uh, our prime minister for years and years and years over over nothing cases which have been like falling apart all the time. And there's no truth to these things, and and you don't stop because you just want to bring you know the the right wing guy down. It's like you know what you're not democratic, and maybe it's time for a moment where we go like no, no. Like, you are not going to take center stage with your shigaon, with your craziness, with your, as we say in Hebrew, oh, shigaon or tirlul, we say. Like, calm down. Like, no. Like, like take a time out. And, <laughs> and we're going to pass this because it's right. I mean, really, like, well, I'll give you, I'll give you the mic one second, Michael, just last point, which is, which is just, what are we talking about? Like, there is no country in the world where judges choose themselves. I, I like to reduce things to simple things, you know? Like there is no country in the world that judges choose themselves. That's wrong. It's a conflict of interests, if there ever was one. Like judges should recuse themselves for much less, you know. Of of like in cases. In this case, where you're being, the, we're discussing what kind of judges should be in the court. You should now decide, please. And so and so therefore, uh, whatever I said last week, I think it's important. And, and I thought and I realized why it was important. It's important to know that no matter what, nationalism, Jewish nationalism, Jewish rights, Jewish Torah, Jewish religion, Jewish traditionalism, biblical values and biblical identification will win in the end. And we have to know that. And therefore we have to be calm in our attitudes towards the other. But I just, I changed my mind or at least I'm giving a new thought experiment today, which is, wait a minute, we can't let these guys run amok. They are like the child that's running amok in your house. Like, no, 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 no. There's got to be a place where the child—they're
1: much more than the child that's running amok in the right, house. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're not a child. They're they're. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have a good metaphor right now. But it's like they're not a child. They're they're a really. Maybe the metaphor is like sports or something. I don't know. It's like they're a really serious competitor to us. It's not like, right were the parents and they're the children. They could easily take over the household and then the household could run exactly how they want for a very, very, very long time. And you, you're you the child. Right. So okay. I like, I don't know about that. I mean, I like the lesson that you gave. I, I do like that lesson, but I'm not sure. I think that they're m- even more serious than the child. But I will say, Isha, and I think it's important to notice, this. there was an interesting moment yesterday. Go ahead. The Kohelet Policy Forum, which is the organization the think tank that created like that first like crafted this legislation and presented it to the government and the government adopted it. They actually came out in the news yesterday as saying, well, we could take out the override clause." right? Like they're already, they're basically doing the compromise that the opposition refused to do. Like they, they're like, they're like bringing it down to come toward the opposition to come toward the Israeli who's concerned about this legislation, without them even agreeing to the most basic democratic conversation. The right. the, the opposition, just so you remember, the opposition that's run by Yair Lapid and also uh, the name Benny Gantz comes in, Merav Michaeli from uh, Meretz Party or Labor Party.
0: Labor. labor. labor Meretz party. is out of the government. I see right. her. I told you, I see her in the Knesset. And yeah. she's been, usually she's pretty like... She wears clothes and has a little bit of a look of Trinity from The Matrix. Yeah. Okay, she's got these like leather type clothes and, and she kind of, okay. she has like a swagger about her.
2: No. Yeah. You move like they do. I've never seen anyone move that fast. Trinity!
0: Which I like. I like a left, you know, person who's like got style and, and she's got it. But re- recently she's been looking like a Grim Reaper out there. <laughs> she really, she she walked past me in the casket. and I'm like, oh my God, like lady. I wanted to be like, I couldn't come up with a great joke, but I wanted to say to her like, don't worry, the base of Mikdash is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything to her. But she just looks so sad. I wanted to like comfort yeah. her by telling her that the third temple is on the way. If the war was over tomorrow,
1: Zion's where the party would be. Anyway, all these people, and Lieberman managed to stuff himself into this group of people, Victor Lieberman. Anyway, so they've been invited multiple times by the coalition to come and have negotiations. And they have refused, and including the president, uh, Yitzhak Herzog, who, who has uh, involved himself in trying to seemingly like make, um, re- not reconciliation, but kind of like bring down the flame of the heat, the, the heat of the flame of this thing. And he has been trying to get them into negotiation. And the answer is always no, like unequivocally no, like we won't even come into a room like we're mad and we have all these things that we want, but we will not discuss them with you or try to actually get them implemented or negotiate with you in any way so it's a lot of political theater it's a lot a lot a lot of political theater because in the end they're not trying to get they're not trying to work with this government at all in order to like at all they're not trying to work with this government at all to to affect the legislation because they just reject the entire thing. They say it's like the judiciary needs no reform. Keep it exactly as it is today. Even
0: though, even though there's a great video of Yair Lapid explaining why the judiciary needs reform, he lays out all the problems like in a written speech. He lays out exactly the same problems that the. So why right aren't we like
1: like re? like posting this thing i've seen it i've seen it many times we got to get it translated into english but anyway the point is that even this coalition that's true we should right now yeah we really should that would be that would be very useful even this coalition right now is like okay you won't negotiate with us so we're gonna come towards you now the question is is the populace that's so against these reforms are they gonna go oh all right that's better i feel better i'm calmer now or are they going to go, no, we are super against the, the the judiciary reform because it's anti-democracy. And if they do that, if they come out and say that this is anti-democracy, what are they really saying at this point? Like, at what point do you go, this isn't about democracy at all. This is about like working against the coalition and it's just another opportunity to use an issue to try to topple a cudgel
0: that's right i want to tell you that there was there's a committee uh on the judicial reform in the knesset and they had a guy who's an author speaking a famous author and he goes he goes look let's talk about what this is really about what it's really about wait who is this an an israeli author a, a, a hard left israeli author He goes, let's talk about what this is really about. This is about the fact that we, Tel Aviv, are tired of Judea taking over this country. He said it straight out. I tweeted it. He said, straight out. He's just like, this is all about, you know, Judea versus Tel Aviv. This is what this is about. And we're tired of Judea taking over our country. Straight out, you know what I mean? Right. It's not about judicial reform. And I've, I've talked a lot about that, but, but you know, and I've had some people on the left being like, no, no, it's all about actually democracy. And you're taking over democracy, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. What you really are afraid of is losing power. And they're like, no, that's not true. And then I sent to one of these people this video. Uh, let me just read to you two more little e- uh, emails. In this case, it was WhatsApps. Right. My good friend, Eitan Levy, uh, who's a wonderful tour guide. Uh, he's out there touring people in the land of Israel. And uh, listen in his, I hope he's still driving that great Subaru. He writes, hi, Ishai, I wanted to respond to your surrender for now plan on the show yesterday. I don't think that it's true that it's all or nothing. Removing any one plank of the court's powers would be a win. If we only totally changed the way judges were selected, that in 20 years we would win by default because the judges would reflect a right wing majority perspective and reject judicial activism. It's true. The left is is going scorched earth. Because nobody likes having things taken away from them, especially all at once, the American founders knew this, knew this, which is why many of them saw slavery as an evil that should be phased out over time. Hmm. We don't need a revolution, just an evolution, especially because the divinely guided nature of things is going our way. Today the left still runs the big companies. In another generation they won't and they won't be able to, 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 uh, uh, to take the economy. Uh, So let's get some long fuse bombs through now and compromise on the rest. Interesting, right? Another thought, if the lefties really want to safeguard their rights as they see them, they should call for a real constitutional convention now when they still have real power. That's interesting. Get get, uh, 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 a social buy-in and lock in some of what they want for the foreseeable future. But they won't because they don't see any of their political preferences as negotiable, but they expect us to. Okay, so mm. there you go. That's a good one. Uh, and also, uh, my good friend, um, uh, my good friend Aaron, uh, my good friend Aaron, who's uh, a great uh, a tour reader and great, uh, great bicycle tour operator. Uh, I think it's called. Uh, I think it's called Kosher. Let me see this for a second. He has a great bicycle tour company. And I, I, uh, I recently sent it to a friend of mine, 100% to use, uh, and, uh, and people have used them and have gone around the world with Kosher Bicycle Tours. That's right, Malk, it's koshercycletours.com, kosher, cool. koshercycletours.com. We'll take you around the world with amazing bicycles, amazing bike trails, uh, uh, tours and kosher food along the way Keep you keep you Jewish and cycling At the same time around the world That's koshercycletours.com And a great website as well Check it out There it is, I'm on it right now uh, And it's got great pictures And it's it's also here in the in the land of Israel Like day ride tours in the land of Israel um, All kinds of off-road, on-road Whatever you want Great stuff, I'm very proud uh, Of koshercycletours.com so he writes now i have to press a button here to get back to where i was uh he writes <clears throat> he writes there's he says the the he says um he gives an example the heir of rav this uh, the mixed multitude worshipped the golden calf the Levim destroyed them and I'm from Shavit Levy. <laughs> He's a Levite, okay? And he writes, anyway, I'm part of the furious silent voters, sick of these an- anarchists and insurrectionists. My blood is boiling that these violent anarchists and insurrectionists are trying to bring down our government. Enough. Good Shabbos.
1: Nice. So there you go. Bam. You, had,
0: you, have, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, emotions along the way on these issues. Well,
1: speaking of emotions, I want to shift for a second to a different uh, a different accomplishment that just happened. Shift like uh, a
0: bicycle, like in Kosher Cycle Tours? Shifting gears. Yeah. Okay. 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 Very good. I'm
1: not very good at that on bikes, so I, so I try not. You. To we went on a great on a great bike. It tour. was a great bike tour, but I was not a great biker.
0: Warning: wear the wear padded the puffy under- pants. Wear the padded underwear. Uh, Sheesh,
1: Louise. Gosh. That should be mandatory. They should yeah. tell you. They should warn you.
0: Man and woman, Totori, both. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Anyway, have yeah. maven, Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic. Listen to this. This is a cool story, Isha. This is yeah. co- this is going to hit you close to home, okay? Okay. Na- not in, in two I hope ways. Not any closer yeah. to home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, go ahead.
1: Anyway, National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir on Tuesday morning. Revealed at the police Jerusalem district headquarters, an undercover agent, one undercover agent who had led to the arrest of 25 arms dealers in eastern Jerusalem. The secret operation took eight months. They had a they had like a party.
0: That is important.
1: That is huge. Twenty five arms dealers in eastern Jerusalem. Okay, that's that's the Arab section of Jerusalem. Primarily. And uh, that's a very big deal. It was an eight-month operation with one agent. I mean, that person. That is like Fauda and a half.
0: That's that's the making of a movie, book, whatever. That's amazing.
1: It's amazing, okay? Oh, my gosh. So, listen. Here's what Ben Gvir said. uh, This is very interesting. Listen. He congratulated the agent and -and rank-and-file police officers, saying, I'm talking about sacrifices, and I'm looking at each one of you, and it must be said, no less heroic are the husbands and wives. It's the families who make the great sacrifices. They are the ones... Thanks uh, to whom we—they uh, are the ones thanks to whom we are celebrating this victory today. I could have taken all kinds of positions in this government, but this ministry is the soul of the state of Israel. If this ministry succeeds and reaps victories, it is not only our victory. It is the victory of hundreds of thousands of children who are the most precious thing to all of us. He concluded uh, we're saying more power to you for this work and action, and in another mi- but in another minute we must continue because it's embedded in us. We are proud of you, and I will give you all the backing you'll need and the best conditions so you can succeed in saving the state of Israel. Wonderful. You know Ben Gvir. W- who reported that story? Like that? J- this is from the Jewish Press. I took this from the Ju- oh, Jewishpress.com. dot com. Yeah. Um, and the, Ben the Gvir has been in the, in the news because yeah. that's right. Uh, ben Gvir has been in the news a lot recently because um, he as an as a as an attorney as a defense attorney has asked for permission to defend himself in government related court cases if any court cases come up against him which happens periodically to all everybody basically in the government right. then uh then he wants to defend himself but there's a rule in israel that y- that every single minister of the government has to be defended by the attorney general but the attorney general no, not by
0: the attorney general by the by the by the
1: state prosecutor's office or state defense attorney's office by the by the
0: uh, uh, by by the legal counsel what's called the uh the Mishpati uh, the 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 legal advisor to that ministry he's got a defense
1: right but yeah. he doesn't want that particularly right. because everybody's working together with the attorney general who has worked very hard against everything that Ben-Gvir has tried to do in terms of personnel shakeups in the in the police department right Um, unfortunately there is, there are, there is a reputation in the police department, at least from the outside. There's a reputation that there is sometimes a little bit of cronyism, a little bit of maybe even corruption, God forbid, in the police department here in Israel. And so he has been working to crack that, but it's not so simple. Um, and it seems that the attorney general is on the side of keeping things as they are. Right. Um, in the police and this has been a major fight and anyway so one of the things that that Ben is trying to do on top of everything is to uh anyway he's shaking up the police that's been messy so it's um it's interesting to see him at this celebration and and you know there are a lot of people who say that like the police the regular police I think you even you even brought us a story one time on the show of a policeman that you met who was so excited about Itamar Benghavir coming into office because then I they're finally going to get backing. Yeah. But the upper brass, the like the the puppeteers of the police, they're not happy with him because he Some. wants to Some. kind of break their power a little bit. Right. And so there's a lot of this. As you can see, this coalition, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of this trying to break up old cemented in... Um, Calcified
0: Calcified Deep state
1: is too harsh But it's more like These These inner Governmental Corners of long-term power. Yeah, it, it, in other words, deep state, not so democratic. Right. You,
0: you mean you really? Uh, that's what you're saying. Just say it and don't be embarrassed Well, I it. don't
1: like because it's it, once it, you say words like that, then it automatically becomes extremely negative and conspiratorial. It's and, not
0: conspiratorial. The deep state is not conspiratorial. It's just the way the system operates. Uh, the The bureaucrats are hard to fire, and, and it's, it's well known, especially in socialistic type right. systems. Right. Like, it's hard
1: to appreciate <clears> in the <throat> United States. They have the same problem
0: in the U.S. They have the same, same, same. Problem. really
1: because i know that they switch you know they switch heads of ministries and then people bring in all their people yeah no that's that exactly it but not. they don't
0: bring the the, the rungs of civil right. servants they
1: don't switch them all th- switch them all out
0: that's a great story Malka, and thank god you know 25 arms dealers means a lot of arms eight months also is a very right. long time some guy's be been undercover up. some 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 secret dude out right. there and speaking Arabic. really
1: and it, we really should give credit to israel police i mean that's yeah. a that's a major um long term planned out um, mission which truly will benefit the people of Israel.
0: The real Fauda. That would happen. Yeah,
1: that's the real fouda. Real
0: maka, uh, Malka, um, the rest of the show is fun. We have Jeremy Sultan giving us a kind of uh, inside baseball understanding of the legal process to do exactly the stuff that we're talking about, which is judicial reform. I spoke to him in the Knesset. Uh, we also have something very unusual. We have a whole discussion about gems from The land of Israel
1: That's right Like precious stones
0: Precious stones Yeah I don't mean like Torah gems I mean like Gem gems Like
1: rocks that you put on your necklace
0: Yes Like them Like sapphire Like the carmel sapphire We're gonna be talking with holygems.com And then uh, There's gonna be some more stuff I'm not even sure uh, what else is going to get on the show. Maybe I'll speak to, uh, you know what, we'll we'll see if it happens. Got a few more people uh, potentially lined up. If not, we'll talk a little Torah. But the show goes on. The show does not go on, Malka, without the people's uh, support. Uh, first thing, of course, it's listeners who go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai and support our show generously and lovingly and caffeinate us for continued uh, for continued broadcasting of of holiness and news from the land of Israel so thank you very much really to that You really
1: do make such a difference and we really appreciate it. You know it, it makes, makes a appreciate difference the partnership. That's it.
0: It also makes you feel yeah, good. It just
1: feels it's like we're a team.
0: That's right. Uh, we already mentioned jewishpress.com they're one of the sponsors of the show and they get get our show out to the world so thank you very much to the good folks uh, out there that are really really uh, writing great news at jewishpress.com and sending it out to your inbox every single day. Highly recommended. And also, of course, our new par- partnership with jns.org, a wonderful news website. And people say to me, people say to me a lot of times, they say to me, what are the websites that you should go to for news so I can understand what's happening in Israel? People say that to me, and I go, jns.org, jewishpress.com. And uh, our, our also, of course, our uh, former employees many years ago that brought us into the land of Israel, which is israelnationalnews.com. Those three websites, you're good. You're good. The other websites, don't need them. Just go to them. Some
1: of them are, yeah. Unless- Some of them are very activist. I mean, I looked I looked uh, the other day. I can't remember what the news story was. Oh, it was the banking. It was the banking crisis in America. Good luck, Americans, by the way. We really, we're rooting for you over there. I know it's a little bit of a volatile little scary moment for you. Really for everybody, I guess, but especially for you. So we're blessing you with uh, lots of success and wealth. Anyway, so the bank, this banking crisis, uh, popped up in the United States. So I went around the Jewish, the Israel-like English language Israel internet to see how it's being covered. So Jewish press was covering it. Israel National News was covering it. J Post was covering it. You know who was not covering it? Who Times of Israel? Really? Which is the most ironic because I find that Times of Israel has a history of doing a very good job with international stories but they had a problem. The problem is that they couldn't they couldn't cover the story. They didn't even cover it. I mean, it wasn't even there. Wow. And the reason that they couldn't cover it is because as an activist newspaper, and that's what they are, they were busy covering all the like anti-judicial reform stuff. It was all the top stories. All like the like the ten top Maka, stories. Malka, there's
0: another reason. What? There's another major reason is what? because because all these Israelis Took you know all these Israeli high tech companies that took their money,
1: but that's like day number two it where you analyze. It. I'm just saying. I was just talking about day number one where you just throw the headline the, up
0: there. Everybody knew in the first day that it was uh, many Israelis that that had pulled their money out of Israeli banks and put them in a, in the American bank, and
1: then promptly lost it. And promptly
0: oh. lost it. Everybody knew that there. Everybody saw everybody that, that here in Israel. I mean, uh, so many people told me they're like. That was God's retribution. God's like God's so boomerang. No,
1: there is a, another interesting story happened. Well, first, I just want to finish that part up and say that the, that you really get to see how untrustworthy, like scarily committed, some news organizations are to affecting your opinion rather than prov- than providing you with the news. It's really scary, uh, and the Times of Israel really gave me an example of that the other day. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. Um, but I'll say, Ishai, that this judicial reform stuff is so spicy and just really everything, the, the the banking stuff also, everything is so hot right now. There is a very nice and well-known activist in the Israel world, I'm not going to say his name, um, who wrote an article after, immediately after this banking stuff went down in America, the SVC and SVB and... He wrote an article basically about how this is divine retribution. And apparently he was so excoriated for that opinion that he, he couldn't take it down, I guess, off of news sites that had published it. But he took it down off of all of his social media and then wrote a whole huge apology about having offended people with his opinion. Now, on the one hand, you're really taking a chance when you write a public article talking about what God decided in a particular event. Sure. But he had this opinion and here you are uh, verifying that a lot of other people also uh, uh, analyzed it that way, that really they immediately withdrew like hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars out of Israel, put it in one place and that place like two days later, not even like completely imploded. And the money was it wasn't in the end of the day. It looks like the U.S. government is going to be bailing out all those accounts. So the money wasn't really lost. You mean, but I mean, it was it's bad for America. Like America right. just uh, had to cough oh, up yeah. billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. But but uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's 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 so it's so hot out there. That is spicy, Malcolm. You know what else is spicy? <laughs> Prohibition pickle.
0: That is also spicy. I like me a spicy pickle.
1: Wait, uh, you know what? chaim brought in our in our mishloch manot yeah he brought these like home um pickled cauliflowers oh
0: yeah mm,
1: mm, mm. I saw you cr- i've been eating those they're so crunchy
0: yeah i've been seeing you crunching and good
1: them. and i like like i like a pickle but sometimes the pickles get too pickly for me right but there's something about the cauliflower oh boy that it's because it's so neutral mm-hmm. that it got pickly but like I, I'm walking. Anyway, around this- I'm loving it. Plus, I I literally I, I know this is not being marketed as a health food, but I feel like I'm doing something for myself because it has all the like, um, ferment inside. Right. So I'm, you know, that's like a big thing today to eat the fermented foods and it's good for your gut biome and yeah. stuff. I feel like my gut is smiling. Yeah. I walk past the kitchen and hear crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, it's so crunchy and awesome. Yeah, I, hear, I love it. They're like pop, crunch. That's I wonder if maca. there's more. That's- I wonder because cauliflower season. Is short in Israel, believe it or not. So I wonder if there's any more. Maybe so that's some more for sure. That
0: is prohibitionpickle.co.il. Check it out and sponsor great kiddushes and things for the land of Israel uh, through Chaim through prohibitionpickle.co.il. Check it out. Check it out now. Uh, and also, uh, let's talk about uh, the folks that we love so much at Israel Bible, the IsraelBible.com, uh, and they're the ones that help me connect with uh, the holy gems. The folks at IsraelBible.com, they're the ones I recommend that I speak with Holy Gems. So I'm excited about that. And they create uh, Israel365.com. That's a, a Bible-based news site, more for our uh, uh, Gentile folks. Uh, and uh, they also create the IsraelBible.com. And if you put on coupon code Yeshai, bang, you get... Uh, I don't remember ten percent off of this beautiful Bible with beautiful writing, uh, with beautiful translation. Uh, it's got the twenty-four books of the Bible and no more. And it is a fabulous, uh, fabulous. Uh, 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 it's got the. It's got a beautiful cover also of the Six Day War. It's just, it's just a great, great uh, addition for your home. So check that out, the Israel Bible, uh, and of course the Israel Bible bespeaks of Jerusalem, and the heart of Jerusalem is the Temple Mount. And so if you want to visit the Temple Mount. Just go to on They will bring you to. They will bring you like 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 a cloud of glory. They will bring you onto the Temple Mount in holiness and purity right, with the correct laws. Because it's a laws. serious
1: thing. It's not a tourist site.
0: Right. It's not. It ain't no Disney World. Uh, but it is but you will be uh, you will have spiritual Suntan when you come off and you will have made a connection. The Kotel will be for you an awesome place to dive in Mincha, but you will know that that the connection, the real connection to to G-D is out there uh, on the Temple Mount. You'll have an amazing, amazing time. I highly recommend it. So that's highonthehard.com. My good friends MJ and Rabbi Levy, are gonna rock you uh, and bring you up to the Temple Mount. And of course, if you come to the Temple Mount, which is the future of the Jewish people, you got to reconnect with the founders. And that's at Hebron. Uh, that's where I have the honor and privilege of serving as uh, as international spokesman, international relations. And Hebron is an amazing place. And you can come visit Hebron uh, spiritually, physically, uh, and, and digitally by going to hebronfund.org. Sign up for one of our tours. Support us because when we support Hebron, you support the mamas and the papas, the founders. You're supporting Abraham. You want that or not? I want that. yes there you go so really Jerusalem is the city of David Hebron is the city of Abraham you've got you've got this is your choice you know to connect to these things uh, mock anybody else that uh, we got to remember right now well we <clears> said <throat> Jewish press JNS and yes prohibition pickle
1: oh, of course retro watch guy retro watch guy
0: uh, I proudly sport my retro watch guy watch uh, at the Knesset Right now, I'm wearing my other watch, which is my Israeli watch, my Adi. But I wear my Tissot in, um, in at the Knesset. Fancy opportunities. My, that's right, fancy opportunities, and it's really, really fun to get a retro watch. If you, if you're a guy, and sometimes I find myself just going to retrowatchguy.com for fun. Wow. Because I, I like watches. I, it's a guy thing. I just, it's a guy thing. If you like it, it's fun. If you like cool watches, it's fun. It's old school. It's neat. It's it's kiff. Uh, and it's and it's P.S. is by the way fun to have more than one watch. I have learned. It's fun to have more than one watch. It's fun to have
1: like, like the like the ladies have yeah, so have many jewelry. accessories
0: and stuff. They could always be playing around.
1: Sometimes you know, put on the different I feel watch. Bad for you now a little.
0: Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's okay. You 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 me with the, get my good shirts and all the stuff. And I went into a French store the other day yeah. and I bought myself some some French pants. Yeah. And they are tight. Like Robin Hood now. Yeah, they're tight around the ankles and <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> like Robin Hood. I take that as a compliment. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, RetroWatchGuy.com for your uh, classic watch needs. Uh, That's about it, Monka. Of course, let's just uh, thank uh, the Land of Israel Network, uh, Ari and Jeremy, for their great sponsorship of the show and the the, the, the network that gets it out. And of course, uh, the folks uh, behind the scenes, which are Yocheved, Lou When We're Live, Tabitha getting that email out and putting it on the website. Moshe Herman, rocking the whole NetWaves things, getting it out to everybody, Uh, and Ben Bresky for all his uh, great sound uh, and uh, stories and many things that he adds to the show. So thank you very much, Ben. Thank you very much, uh, Yocheva, Tabitha, Lou, uh, for making the show happen. You guys are the best. Uh, And of course, thank you to you, and thank you to the listener, the the friend. Uh, Write us an email. And of course, uh, how can we not thank... Uh, the one in which whose service we're all in, which is Hashem, God Almighty, who gives us the opportunity to broadcast his story in this great time, his time of revelation. It's his choice. He has decided that now is the time to ingather the Jews to the land of Israel, to build a Jewish state post-Holocaust. We are reborn. It is the most amazing time and we have the most amazing gift which is to be alive in this time. So thank you very much. The other thanks I goes to my beloved Malka Fleischer. Thank you so much for yes. joining us and I wish you a Shabbat Shalom.
1: Shabbat Shalom. I hope it's a beautiful, happy, rainy and nice, financially successful, personally safe, enjoyable, delicious Shabbat for everybody.
0: Very good. And we'll be back with more, so stay tuned uh, right after this on the Chef Fleischer show and Shalom. My name is David Greco from Nashville, Tennessee. You're listening to the Yeshay Fleischer Show. When I get home, I like to kick back with a beer and listen to the Yeshay Fleischer Show. Don't be afraid. Yeshay Fleischer Show will be right back, so stay tuned. All right, folks, Yeshay Fleischer here. I'm at the Knesset, and if I'm at the Knesset, I like to bump into Jeremy Sultan, our Knesset insider, for many years, continues to have awesome, awesome knowledge and understanding of the whole works. And as I understand it, uh, this is a historic day, Partially I know that because I saw some of the left-wing Knesset members walking past me, they look like death. There was a Knesset member, Mirav Michale. She a little bit, if she would have had that, that big uh, like stick with the what, Grim, Reaper. Grim Reaper, she had a Grim Reaper look on her. It was really, I wanted to tell her, don't worry, there's going to be a Beit HaMikdash and everything's going to be good, just as a joke. In any case, uh, or not a joke, in any case, Jeremy, tell me what's happening today. Why is today a big deal at uh, our wonderful, one of the holy places in the land of Israel, the Knesset of Israel?
3: Well, let's start with the big event that hasn't happened yet, but by the time people hear this it already happened, which is um, the second part of the judicial reform that is going to be passed uh, in its first reading in the millennium. Um, As you mentioned beforehand, the opposition, uh, they had an emergency meeting. Uh, They weren't aware that uh, the vote was going to be today, even though it seemed there were quite enough indications it was probably going to happen today. How does one not know what the votes are? Can you explain that to me a little bit? Sure. I mean, what happens is, is you finish in the committee, and then you have to go ahead and bring it up into the plenum. Now, it was already two weeks ago that um, this bill was finished in terms of the committee, and they uh, finished all the voting in the committee, and it was ready to go on the plenum. And the thought process was that already, um, you know, pretty much was twelve days ago when they finished the committee that they would just bring it up that day and vote on it in the millennium. But they stopped. Why did they stop? They wanted to give time for the opposition to come and talk. You know, this idea of having dialogue between the two sides. That's been so successful though, right?
0: The other side is just so happy that they got their, their, their voice out there. I'm saying that's tongue-in-cheek.
3: Yes. Uh, you know, when, when you uh, look at protocols, I always tell uh, Knesset members that, um, you, you know, protocols don't have cynicism. <laughs> you have to explain that you were being cynical or else people lose the context. Um, you had a situation where for the second time, uh, the coalition gave a full week of no movement either in the committee or in the millennium when it came to the advancement of the reform. There were additional bills. If you want, we can also talk about them since they're also um, they were also dealt with today. Whether it's the dairy law, the um, Sarut law, which I guess is the um, uh, I call it the 25th Amendment for our American friends because uh, that's pretty much um, what it does. There, it explains um, how a prime minister can be incapacitated and then what happens if you continue on the line of succession or not. But what you just meant to say is, as if I understand it, is
0: a law trying to block the ousting of Netanyahu uh, while he's serving as a prime
3: minister. Am I right? Correct. And I'll get to that in a minute. But again, the point that I'm trying to say is that um, we we saw this um, already the first time before part one came up for the first reading in the plenum, where there was a full week in which uh, there was nothing um, con- which was directly connected to the reform. I'm not talking about the additional bills uh, that was being discussed within the Knesset. The opposition did not come talk. And then again, here, you had a situation where there was, a, again, there was a full week in which there was just no talks um, going on, despite the fact that there was no legislation going forward. And um, with that happening, meaning being in a situation where they had already continued the committee uh, discussion when it came to part one, which had finished in the first reading, preparing for a second and third reading, that they decided you know what we gave it already a couple weeks let's just go vote on the first reading on chapter 2 instead can you boil it down what's going on can you help me understand even I lost it I think I think the listener definitely lost it help me understand what we're saying in short and tight I'm sorry we we get confused around here it's fine it's fine what, what is Chapter 1? Chapter 1 has four <laughs> things. Let's break it down. As easy as, you know, most digestible. You third know, grade, third grade. Third grade level. There are four things that we have in the first, uh, first chapter of uh, the reform, and that's the first bill, of course. That is um, changing away the two lawyers from the nine-person panel that chooses judges and replacing them with an additional Knesset member and an additional minister. In doing so, that gives a majority to the political class as opposed to the non-political class, which is a change from the current situation. That's change number one. Change number two. Now, now this is in many ways considered
0: the most important of them all, right? In some ways, at least I've heard that that is considered the most important, and it seems so innocuous, but really what that means is, is that the political voter class, i.e. the people, have more of a
3: say of who will be judges. Again, what what the idea is trying to do is saying that the lawyers from the Bar Association pretty much are in a situation of conflict of interest because lawyers usually want to become judges. They need judges to recommend them to become judges, and then they're on the committee with them, choosing them. So you have a situation where basically the three um, Supreme Court justices that are on the panel, three members of the judicial branch, they have influence over the other two. And that gives a majority to the non-politicians. What's trying to be done here is to flip it so that the politicians have a majority. And not only do the politicians get a majority, but specifically those chosen by the coalition will end up being the ones that have a majority as well. Let me get this straight, though. There are judges
0: from the bench deciding who other judges are going to be. Is that normal? Does that sound normal to you? Like, like, that sounds like a total conflict of interest. That sounds like, why would I want a judge to judge who the other judge will be? I, I don't want that at all. I want the, the people to, to decide who the judge is. Like, why would I even want that? That's going to invite nepotism, invite corruption, invite a million ways of like bringing your friends, your family, your thing in,
3: and also your way of thinking. That's just undemocratic sounding. And despite all the things you just said, the coalition is not looking to reduce the number of uh, the three members that are part of the judicial branch. There are changes they want to make in terms of how the three are appointed and who's appointed. Should it be someone who's already there? Should it be retired? But the idea that they get a third of the pie in terms of being on that committee, that's something that the coalition is not uh, touching. And as you pointed out, there are inherent issues with that. And we should point out, other than maybe two or three countries, none of which are considered Western liberal democracies, um, there's no um, country that's like Israel that has that type of a system where the judges are actually part of that panel that selects the uh, people that replace them, in essence.
0: You know, I, I can't believe this just happened to me. As I was li- looking at you talking, a Pusuk Flashed A verse from the Torah flashed in, my, flashed in my mind. One of my favorite books, books Book of Ruth, starts with Vehi bime hashoftim, As in the judges judged. It was the days, days who the judges judged, but it really means like a kind of nepotism. Like you could judge your own judges and then the law becomes crooked. It becomes crooked. Okay, that was
3: chapter number one, am I right? No, as I said, it's part one of chapter one. Part one, chapter one. I'll try to do the other three a little bit quicker. Um, The second one deals with appointing specifically Supreme Court justices. The current situation um, says that you need seven out of the nine. What the reform does is it repeals the seven out of nine. The reason to do that is to prevent the situation that you have today where the judiciary has a veto by having three of the nine spots. So the idea is to get rid of it. That's number two out of um, four. Okay, mark. I could
0: have I could have I missed that. Okay, I, like yeah. that's I'm glad you explained that to me. Okay, so so oh, these are little number
3: games. People like you are you swim in this kind of stuff. That's exactly that's, where you guys that's yeah, where you yeah. guys are good, like baseball type thinkers. Yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks yeah. for for the number games and and telling them what happened five years ago and ten years ago and fifteen years ago. And um, at this point, I'm not even talking history, I'm just stuff that I lived through myself being in all these committees and all these rooms, many times being the fly on the wall, but sometimes being more an active participant in the process, depending on, of course, coalition, opposition, and so on and so forth. Um, Number three. Number three says that in order to appoint Supreme Court justices, they need to go through a hearing in the Constitution Committee of the Knesset. That's something that doesn't exist right now. There is this idea which was passed last time, where there's a hearing with within the selection... Like a panel. confirmation hearing, like a confirmation hearing in America. Correct. Just, you don't actually, you know, vote on them there. It's the nine people who are supposed to vote vote. But each one of the members of the committee, of the Constitution Committee, can grill them, just like they do in con- confirmation hearings. And what's important about that right now, if you're looking at checks and balances, so today you have eight members... Uh, sorry, seven members of the opposition that are in the Constitution Committee. There are six opposition parties. Each one of the six opposition parties has one representative on that committee. Yeshatita is the largest, they lead the opposition, they get two. So, therefore, you have an opportunity for every single party represented in the opposition to be able to grill any candidate that is coming up that is going to be, even be debated for the Supreme Court, again, I find this to be a very important part of the process to be able to add this aspect. And then the fourth part of chapter one is saying that basic laws are not something that is under judicial review. That means that the Supreme Court, any court, nobody can touch a basic law. The basic laws um, remain, as is supposed to be based on, you know, the way that we've understood it. We need it to say the Constitution... If, if, if we like have a constitutional uh, level in which the Supreme Court and any court, as it is right now, any court can really go in and intervene, that they're just beyond judicial review. So it's like the Constitution
0: that sets up the the powers, and therefore you can't... The, a court cannot rule that a
3: part of the Constitution is, is legal in America, let's say. Correct. So, but... but the, the, just to explain... Instead of, you know, the Supreme Court can't say the Second Amendment, we're going to, you know, uh, repeal that. What they can say is we now understand the Second Amendment differently. So what they're saying here is they're expecting the Supreme Court to do the same way, meaning they're no longer going to allow the Supreme Court the authority to just go ahead and say we're going to get rid of a basic law. It's important, though, to note the Supreme Court has never done that. So when everyone is saying this is a big deal and, you know, it's unprecedented and this and that and whatever, the Supreme Court and any court has never actually repealed a basic law. No, quite the opposite. They create basic laws for themselves and then grant themselves powers. They're not repealing anything.
0: They actually are the, they're some of the great makers of, there's that tongue in cheek again, uh,
3: of, uh, of, of basic laws. Okay. Uh, uh, are we done with the, with the so chapter that, headings? That, that, was, that was the first chapter, just so we know what where that is right now. That right now is in committee. It's being discussed in the second and third readings. Uh, if we have time, I'll talk a little bit about what happened today in the committee when it comes to that. I want to get to the second part because that's the plenum vote. And when people are hearing about what happened on the vote in the Knesset, that's specifically the second chapter. What does the second chapter say? That's the famous override clause. That's the piskat Hitka brut. If it's not a basic law, how is it that I can now make a decision that the Supreme Court or any court can then go ahead and override a clause? Um, One more override, time. override a law. So, so the Knesset votes for something, passes
0: a law, the Supreme Court can throw it out,
3: right? Right. The idea is under what grounds can they do it? Um, so the first thing you have to decide is, of course, um, what majority needs to be done in order to go ahead and do that. There is a lot of debate on it. In the end, what they put in uh, was um, 12 uh, Supreme Court justices out of 15, meaning all 15 need to show up. There needs to be a full, you know, uh, bench. We see this a lot of the Supreme Court, you know, they go, all nine of them sit and they make a decision. Until now, today, the most we've had on any panel making decision is 11. So the idea is the Knesset saying, listen, if you're going to go ahead and make uh, this decision to get rid of one of our laws, um, we expect you to have all the justices there. There should be a full panel unbunk that's what we call it in law school, Unbunk, yeah, like yeah. The, the full panel. Exactly,
0: which again, like I said, has never happened before, so meaning is- to say you'll have more of a chance because what happens is the Supreme Court uh, uh, Chief Justice is able to basically pick who's going to sit on any particular uh, uh, court panel, and so therefore you're saying no, 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 if you're
3: going to throw it out, you need the whole kit and caboodle out there, and, and you've got to have a majority within that to overturn our law. Exactly. And then the idea here is not a, a simple majority. Rather, they're asking for a super majority of, you know, 12, 15. was uh, talk, bring it down to 11. Again, these are things that will happen in the committee afterwards. But um, so that's number one. Under what ground can they knock down a regular law? Once not ground. Not not ground Under what? Under what? Under what? Uh, system. What, right, what, right. 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 Not what, grounds. Uh, uh, under what uh, numerical? Procedure. Right. Under what? what what's the procedure for taking a, a regular law, and uh, and knocking it down, and then the, the idea is, what does the Knesset? What's the Knesset's ability to then override that decision of the Supreme Court? Um, what you know? What majority is necessary to go ahead and do that? Again, uh, the the decision was to go with sixty-one, meaning a simple majority. That's something that the opposition has brought as a very big, uh, you know, point of uh, controversy. Um, over the years, there have been different proposals. Back in the day, Yaakov Neeman suggested seventy. Uh, Friedman, who was, uh, of course, uh, uh, Ehud Olmert's justice minister, suggested sixty-five. But even Ayala Shaked, when she was justice minister under Netanyahu. She suggested 61, but for all three readings, meaning it's not enough just in the third reading, but every time you're going to do a reading on a basic law, you need to be able to have that um, that benchmark of at least 61 on each one of those votes. Um, so, that's, so that's really what the second chapter is. There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of what happens if it's an anchored law. I'm not going to get into all those small, minute details, but the overall idea is, again, the idea is... Under what grounds can the Supreme Court, sorry, what's the procedure for the Supreme Court to, um, to veto or to overturn, override one of the uh, Knesset bills? And then what is the procedure that the Knesset can do in order to go ahead and um, go over the Supreme, Supreme Court and then um, make sure that that law will pass? And again, you have things there that that were, of course, discussed in terms of um, should it only be for that Knesset? Does the next Knesset then need to make a decision about it? Um, Are we going to have a situation where um, you need to have uh, it it maybe needs to get passed again in the next Knesset with also a super majority or so on and so forth? And again, these are all questions that we're going to see what happens in terms of the committee readings moving forward. But that's that's what was voted on today. Okay, going back to what happened in the committee, so there are all these attempts to try to have um, outlines of potential basis for negotiation on compromise. The one that was discussed today in the Knesset committee was one that's called Elbashan Friedman. I mentioned Friedman before, so he together with Elbashan, who's a professor of law from uh, uh, the School of Uno, Uh, who's also, by the way, he heads the public committee that determines the MK's uh, salary and their benefits and so on and so forth. He himself is a left-wing guy, just like Friedman. And they together put together an outline of something that doesn't go as far as what the coalition passed in the first reading and is currently being discussed in second and third reading. And they proposed it as an outline to try to bring as a basis for negotiation. The opposition completely ripped them to part. Uh, I went afterwards over to El, El Bashan just to tell him that I'm, I'm sorry that he had to go through that. The poor guy, you know, he's a nice guy, even if I don't necessarily agree with uh, his political opinions. or a lot of things that he wanted to put in that line itself. But there's a brave guy who goes ahead and says, I'm going to put an outline there. I'm going to put my name and my reputation out there. And I'm going to say, uh, here's a potential basis where the two sides can sit and talk. And the opposition just completely ripped his head off, tried to spend the entire time trying to convince him to take back his outline and to remove it from public debate. And uh, I just found that to be very sad. We know that, of course, President Herzog is another person who put together an outline. Uh, it looks like he's trying to come up, perhaps, with an updated outline. But all this is happening, why, shine Because the opposition is not per- presenting their own uh, alternative, Um, I think it's important to say, again, as someone who's a veteran of these Knesset committees, the way it works is the coalition comes forward with their bill. The opposition comes with an alternative. They say, we think the wording should be uh, Y. We know you want X, but we think it should be Y. The opposition has not been doing that. With the exception of a few different uh, times and a few specific MKs, I think it's worth worthwhile to give them credit, such as Yulia uh, Milinovsky from Israel Beitenu. She only gave it specifically for the judge selection panel. She wants um, the two uh, bar association to be removed by two academia members. I don't think that's a good idea. But again, I give her kudos for coming up with an idea, bringing it to the committee. And then, of course, everyone screamed at her. You can imagine she hasn't shown up to a lot of committee meetings after that. Um, So we're in a situation where The opposition is not bringing an alternative. You have outside experts, former people that were in the top positions, trying to, uh, both on the political and on the professional level, trying to get together and put together uh, specific outlines for dialogue, for compromise. As I mentioned, we had two times where the coalition stopped for a week when it came to the actual stuff of the reform, and just nothing happened. And that brings us to the place where we are right now. Um, jumping, uh, if you want, to the other laws we talked about, the, um, the law that pretty much um, is, is trying to help uh, Netanyahu avoid the, the situation of the attorney general saying that he must recuse himself and he must... Um, there is the potential that if uh, she finds that he's in violation of his conflict uh, uh, of interest agreement, when it comes to uh, his uh, his participation within the judicial uh, reform as prime minister, then she can decide that he uh, is unfit for office the same way that you have, like I said, in the 25th Amendment of the U.S., in which, uh, you know, just like a person is incapacitated mentally or physically, so we have a situation again here where um, the attorney general is saying, you know, I want to reserve the right to be able to go ahead and do this, that is another bill that came up today it's coming up today for a vote in the first reading they completed the committee work on it today um, and there, there there's an example by the way of what happens when things are being fast-tracked unlike what's been happening with the reform with this specific bill so it was voted on in the committee preparing it for the first reading and now it's being voted in the plenum today again in its first reading on the same day and then it's going to go back to the committee to start preparing it for the second and third uh, as well. Uh, Again, there are additional bills. I don't know if you want to get into them, maybe another time, but that's overall the main things that are going on in the Knesset today. Okay, Uh, it's
0: been a lot. I really want to thank you very much for your erudite and deep understanding of this and thank you so much for sharing with us. And I think that people that did listen and understood it really got a lot. Just one last question that is not as technical, uh, more, um, let's call it um, atmospheric in general how do you read the mood what's the tension level in reality not what the media tells us like how do you read it right now like how conflict is israel as as uh, um distilled into the situation of the knesset give me give me a sense of sociological uh, situation from the Knesset, or what's happening outside? Of the what do you think is happening in the Knesset? Like, how do you feel it in here? Like, 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 is it a boiling point? Have you seen it before like this? Is it is it extreme? Is it not so bad? Like, you know, if you if somebody would say to you, if a Martian would say to you, like, how bad is it right now?
3: What are you gonna say? I don't think it's been this tense since the days of the disengagement. Uh, right, that was two thousand five. Uh, 2004 leading up to the disengagement was also pretty bad but I'm saying since 2005 I don't think it's been that bad over here I think in general what's what's ironic though is if we're talking about actual content of the bills and we're talk what we're talking about I think there's about 80 something MKs that more or less agree coalition opposition on a let's call it a certain version of within certain parameters somewhere around what can be done in a very wide margin I think there are specific people, particularly in the leadership, uh, who are not looking towards that you know direction for their own political reasons. But I'll say that there is a situation here where the way they talk to each other, the way they look at each other, is it's not a game. What you're watching on TV, it's not like the cameras turn off and then they go off to the lunchroom of the MKs and and laugh and sit together. I'll tell you as someone who, you know, still I still have access to the MK lunchroom with my card. um, They're not sitting together. Um, We don't see situations where MKs are pairing off as they did in the past in order to help each other out. Um, It's a different atmosphere here. But a lot of it, like I said, is that the rank and file MKs feel they need a toe the party line and the party leaders are all looking politically at what they feel is important uh, for them to be able to go ahead and accomplish. And that brings us to the situation that we have today, which unfortunately is not the best. But um, look, I'm I'm hopeful that things will end up um, cooling down a little bit. But right now it is. It's very, very tense. It's intense. And um, I think it's important that uh, we have a situation where uh, cooler heads do prevail. And I hope that happens.
0: Jeremy Sultan, our Knesset Insider, you you, you were going to give me five minutes. You gave me closer to 30. Uh, I want to thank you so much, uh, Knesset Insider. And I hope you follow that and understand the, the reality on the ground, the technical stuff uh, that's, that's bringing up tension in Israel. Of course, there's deeper sociological
3: issues. We've discussed them. We'll talk about it more. More great stuff is on the way. Jeremy, thanks again. Sure. Thank you, Yishai. Always a pleasure being with you. Always a pleasure being uh, with you guys on the program. Uh, those of you who send me feedback and whatever, that's always a pleasure. Feel free to continue doing so. Hello, my name is Anthony Barrett and I'm from Dublin, Ireland and I'm here uh, volunteering in the land of Israel, which I love with all my heart. All the way from Ireland, we listen to the Yishai Fleischer show. I'm one of many Irish people who love and support the nation of Israel and the people of Israel and we pray God's blessing and protection
0: on you. All right, folks, Yeshai Fleischer here and I'm in the Knesset. In my favorite floor, which is the uh, memshala floor, the government floor, Uh, that's like the second floor, Uh, and that's underneath the the, the meat uh, restaurant which I just dined in, but I only had vegetarian today. But in any case, uh, today is a very exciting day here in the Knesset, and we're going to be talking about the reforms, of the judicial reform and all that, and there's lots of energy out there, a lot of energy in the country. Be that as it may, I'm here right now sitting and thinking about something completely different, and that is uh, the land of Israel's uniqueness. And part of its uniqueness is actually the gems, yes, gems, gemstones, that come from this earth, from this land, and these are surprising. These are surprising. And they're very beautiful, and they're expensive, uh, and they are unique, and they are biblical from this biblical land. And I found the website called holy.gems.com. holygems.com holy-gems.com not, not dot, dash holy-gems.com And I have with me here in the Knesset Tali Shalem uh, who is the CEO of Holy Gems, the company that has these uh, beautiful gems from the land of Israel? And I'm holding a ring here, which I must tell you costs more than my car, uh, and it, at least that's what the price tag says. And it has caramel sapphire, i.e., not caramel, but caramel beautiful white sapphires. They they sparkle like diamonds, but it's a white, not a translucent. Oh, and the blue ones is right. So the blue, what is the what is the Tali, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. <laughs> so the diamonds are diamonds, but the blue is the sapphire.
2: Yeah, right. And this sapphire only is found in the land of Israel. Exactly. If you can, you can look at it and you can see that it has like a, uh, the appearance of heaven. It looks like the sky, mm-hmm. like a cloudy sky. You're right. There is a sapphire in the Bible that uh, it's written that it has the appearance of heaven. We think it might be this stone, but we're not sure, of course, but the uniqueness of this gem. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: Sapphire, isn't that Sapir? Isn't that what the Ten Commandments were written on? Because I think think there's a famous Midrash that says that that, that God told Moshe, look under your tent. He found their whole sapphire mine, and he said from here, I want you to to carve out the the Ten Commandments and the extras keep for yourself. So is that this
2: stone? 3,000 years ago, uh, you know, it's written in the Bible that there are precious gems in Israel, sapphires mainly it's written, but uh, nobody ever explored for this uh, possibility. I used to live on the Mount Carmel, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world, and you're saying
0: that in that mountain, that, that green mountain overlooking the Mediterranean, there's sapphire stone?
2: It's not uh, the Carmel is not one mountain. It's a cluster of mountains, and some of them are uh, volcanic eruptions, volcanic mountains. There were volcanic eruptions about ten or eleven on the mount, on the Carmel, and uh, gems are created in the deep, deep down in the earth, and they come to the surface by volcanic eruptions. So. Some of our deposits that we explore are on the Carmel itself, and some are on the valley. When the eruption happens, the stones are going down also to the valley. Uh, These Carmel sapphires were found in the Kishon bend, which is the valley where the gems come from the Carmel, from the primary source, as they call it in geological uh, language. Uh, these are from the secondary source which is the valley where these gems came from but it's originally from the deep down in the land of uh, Israel huh. amazing uh, the professors that found these gems that declared them as precious gems and by the way in 2018 it was declared as mineral of the year in the American uh, International Association Um, they said that the conditions that had to be in the depth of the the earth for these gems to be created doesn't uh, exist anywhere else in the world that is that this gem is actually a proof that this land is special this land is unique scientific proof The conditions that happened in this land doesn't exist anywhere else. This is something that we found because of exploration. It wasn't the basis of our uh, project, but amazing things. That's really cool. It's a very beautiful ring as well. It's set, and your company, Holy Gems, um, finds, explores, and also creates it into jewelry. Am I right? We have a mining company called Shefa in Israel. Uh, for um, over 20 years we've been exploring and um, developing uh, precious gem mines in Israel for the first time in history no no one ever did it no one no one ever tried it we are working under the uh, uh, supervisor of mines in the Ministry of Energy and uh, under permits and license from the government Uh, we are the only company who does that and who has that uh, exclusivity on these gems and uh, holy gems is our marketing jewelry company and this is our our brand this is the way we distribute and uh, give the world the chance to enjoy those gems why? Why are gems important? I mean,
0: really, it's a rock. You know what I mean? I could take any rock and put it on a ring. Why? What, what? What? Why is it important? Like this rock is found. Like what's? What's the difference? Like what's the difference to me? Like why do people? Why are people drawn to gems? You know? Why is it important? And and the Torah clearly makes gems into gems. They make it into something important. We even have the word gem. A gem is like, why have you found a gem? You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, we have it in the, uh, uh, in the, in the coin gadol. wears it on the shoulders, on, on this breastplate, uh, the Khoshen and on the k'tafim, and, and other places. And then, and then we, what I talked about a minute ago, which is the sapphire for the, for the 10 commandments for the two Luchot. What's, what's that all about why is it important why, why are special rocks important of course gold there's also gold that's important like why why are these things important to, to mankind why is it important to have why, why is it important to give your wife a beautiful ring why is that
2: I can't. I can't really explain to you the psychological of a woman uh, or a man, for that sake, to that accept you know such a gift. You know, diamonds, gold, precious gem, anything that uh, glitter and glams. You know, has its psychological uh, effect on people, which I, I I I think a lot of people explored for a lot of years. But I don't know how to uh, you know. But I do know that if you want to buy your your wife a jewelry, um, on my opinion and a lot of other people that buy, you know, spend their best dollars on on these kind of jewelry. Why do they buy that and not like uh, plastic or uh, lab created uh, gems or whatever? You know, why do we buy these natural? Minerals and natural, uh, you know, uh, gold. So the reason is that uh, these things never um, lose their value. It's a simple. because um, uh, demand and uh, supply and demand. Supply and demand. Right. Uh, there's a limited quantity of these natural. Reserves right. natural possibility of the land to create such a thing. So when it's limited, it has a value. That when you cannot buy anymore, the value goes up. Right. And also these so stones so seem to be like a, some, a kind of an investment. You know, if you're a man, you don't really understand why a woman un- so is so fascinating by these gems. But you're doing. A, a logical investment decision. I'd I rather buy her something that will not lose its value, and we, you know we're Jewish. We are used to things that we can carry and run away. Right Okay. That's right. But there's also some kind of an energetic
0: element to it as well. It's like these, and that's what I think the Torah is saying to you. It's not just a value thing. It's also, it's also that, that these things have a spiritual energy to them or they represent something. They're representative of other things. And there's also, there's also the shine and the brilliance of it. The shine, the, the, the stone itself. It, it gives you like looking at this ring. I look at this ring and I, it gives me, as we say in Hebrew, hasha'a. it gives me some kind of, you know, some kind of uh, inspiration. Uh, and that's also a powerful thing by itself. Uh, the thing we're talking about right now is holygems.com. They are gems that come from the land of Israel um, let's talk a little bit about the roots of your company uh, you're, you're and we discussed beforehand you're very inspired by your, your Chabad Hasidim you are, you are inspired by Lubav Cherebi. Uh and that's part of the story of the foundation of this organization as well, is that right?
2: what made us went, go to this uh, uh, pretty insane uh, quest it was my father actually and he started it in uh, 98 and 10 years before there was a meeting be- between the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which is you know who is and uh, the uh, me- then mayor of Haifa and uh, in the dollar he was uh, distributing uh, dollars every Sunday and he gave blessings uh, so he met the mayor of Haifa and he told him that in this area of Haifa, Kamel, the Kishon, of the valley, there, there are precious gems, and he said those words. He said there are deposits of precious gems, and he says those, those words. God Almighty did a wondrous thing. Okay, He concealed them in the depth of the earth. That's how the rabbit described it. Nobody really did anything about it until my father heard these words and as anything else that the Rebbe said, my father was a very strict follower of the Rebbe and he did a lot of missions for him, also in the Soviet Union. And, uh, you know, so once he heard that this is what the Rebbe said and we had a lot of years of experience in jewelry business and uh, diamond business. So he went, he opened a, a company with a group of friends, Chabad friends, Uh, spend all his money and effort and time and uh, here we are it wasn't uh, it was against all scientific uh, belief at the time and people told us that we were crazy and there's not a possibility and it was a rough journey Mm -hmm. but uh, unfortunately he passed away three years ago Uh, a few months after we received for the first time in history, a certificate of discovery—that is, that the government of Israel uh, confirms that there is an economic deposit of precious gems in Israel. This was th- thanks to my father. Unfortunately, you know, he, like Moses, came to the <laughs> to the open to the uh, door of the land, but uh, didn't reach. You know, uh, but we are. Uh, pursuing his dreams and his uh, you know fulfilling his uh, his mission and his uh, vision and uh, we see a lot of blessings
0: very good very good and today people can themselves enjoy uh, these the fruit of your father's labor and the fruit of the 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 land of Israel and the fruit of uh, the revelation uh, of these gems they can wear it and enjoy it and beautiful stuff Uh, there's also there's also sapphire but there's also redstone that you showed me on another ring very beautiful redstone what is that redstone
2: it's a garnet it's a precious gem and it's sold around the world you can find it in other places around the world but this is a garnet from the Holy Land and we've been told that it's nicer than the regular garnets you know but uh, we have sapphires we have spinels which are like shiny black gems And we have the regular sapphires, which are blue or green or yellow. A lot of really, really beautiful, precious gems from Israel. That's so
0: cool. And so, so a lot of you folks want to connect to the land of Israel, and, and, and we have various options that we give people. You know, if it's wine or, 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 uh, or what else? What else do we recommend, right? Uh, we have, I don't know, we have all kinds of stuff that we recommend for people to, to enjoy. Uh, you know, Right, it could be right, it could be milk and honey, it could be stuff that you buy at the supermarket, it could be the trip to Israel, it could be, I don't know, it's, uh, you know, my friends made that land of Israel necklace, which had sand from different parts of the land of Israel, but this is a different level, and it's a different level also of investment, but it's a different level of like ownership because you really have something kind of secret, spe- special. There's something about it which is like the secrets of the Torah. It's like a secret. It came from the land in a secretive place from, from a d- depth of exploration. It's really cool and it's beautiful. And you could see it actually very well depicted on the
2: website, holy-gems.com. Yes, Tali, what else? By the way, if you want to see it in, with your eyes, you know, feel it, touch it. And you're in Israel, so we opened a new uh, visitor center, which is in itself a very unique experience. It doesn't uh, exist in Israel, and I don't know if it exists in the world. Uh, where we sought the land, you know, the soil, and we find the gem, our operational center. We did, like, a visitor center there. Where is it? In Akko. Um, you can see the whole process uh, you are uh, you have a guided tour uh, free of charge you know and in the end you have our um, showroom where you can see the jewelry itself and if you don't go to the north we also opened a boutique store in Jerusalem uh, in, in, in front of Mamilla, uh, the Momila Mall and um, so because people asked us, you know, we come to Israel, we only go to Jerusalem. So please open in, uh, in Jerusalem. So we did that as well. So.
0: Really great. So a new uh, store in Jerusalem at Mamilla. Uh, a new uh, experience at uh, Akko, which is great because I think I'm going to take my kids to that uh, to see the whole Gem uh, en- enterprise from beginning to end in Akko. And of course, the website, holy Dash gems.com holygems.com and Tali thank you so much for bringing uh, the shine uh, to the Knesset today and may, uh, may we continue to find beauties uh, as we say right? The, 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 hidden, the hidden gems the hidden things of really every single Jew and the hidden things of, of this land of Israel and the hidden things of this time which is a great time of revelation
2: thank you so much for being with us thank you thank you very much this is Johanan from Germany don't worry God bless you. All the best. Have a lechaim. Yishai Fleischer will be right back.
0: All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. We're finishing up right now. It's been really fun to be with you and interesting stuff, different stuff today. Uh, You know, laughing, confused, gems, many, many things happen to uh, to our uh, on our show here. Uh, And there's one thing that's uh, that's that's joyous. And yet deep, and yet so much to learn, as our beloved Torah. Uh, Hashem gave us this Torah because uh, He gave us infinite knowledge in His book that He wrote. That's what Moses says. He says, erase me from the book that you wrote, which also means there's a book that He wrote, and He wrote this book, and He wrote this knowledge. Uh, This week's Torah portion, plural, are Vayikal Pekude, which is really all about the building of the vestments and vessels and really creating the whole infrastructure. This is the Torah portion of the, the blueprint uh, of, of it being done, of the, of the tabernacle and the service of God through the tabernacle being created. <clears throat> and there's a lot of lessons there uh, about the creation of the tabernacle. First thing, uh, something that a very controversial professor told me years ago, he told me, compare the amount of verses that God tells us about how to build a tabernacle to the amount of verses that he told us us how he created the world. Uh, We have verses in the beginning of the book of Genesis that tell us how God created the world. And uh, there are few compared to the very many verses about how to build a tabernacle. And his point, Professor Ishai Leibovich, uh, his point was, and he told me the point, he said, God wants us to work in this world. He doesn't want us to theorize about things that are not necessarily ours. Of course, pursuit of science is important. But but he means to say the service of God is not, is not about theology or understanding God's all the God's secrets. It's about how to create a tabernacle in this world. That was his point. And I think it's a point that we could all take, which is which is our job is to do. And, and sometimes, you know, I get into debates, theological debates with folks, especially non-Jews, always asking me who's the Messiah and where is the Messiah and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like. You know, you know, God wants us to build a tabernacle. You know, I, I don't think that He wants us to be so overly taken up with things that are beyond our beyond our scope. I think that's uh, one lesson, which is, let's build that tabernacle. That's what God wants from us. And another thought that I wanted to share with you is that uh, in this week part, in this week's parsha again, as we learned also in the Torah portion of Ketisa. Um, we're told that Bezalel ben Uri ben Chur is the uh, maker of the tabernacle, along with Yav. Uh, But but he says, "Reu, karati Bashem, I see, I have called in the name of Bezalel ben Uri ben Chur from the tribe of Yehuda. Why does it say, "See, I have called in the name"? I've, you see, I chose him. Why is that? Uh, and I think the the deep message therein is that. Uh, this see I have chosen Betzalel from the tribe of Yehuda is actually because his grandfather Hur uh, sacrificed his life for the sanctification of God's name. He tried to stop the Jewish people from committing the sin of the golden calf and he was murdered by recalcitrant Jews or maybe the mixed multitude. Uh, but, but folks murdered this, this great righteous leader. And so God says, see, I've called his grandson to be the creator of the tabernacle, just like he tried to stop you from doing the golden calf. The exact contrary to that is that I have allowed his grandson to build the tabernacle, to the real service of God. But also God says to us, you see, I am the keeper of souls. And if Chor was murdered, then I am also the keeper of justice and his soul. And he's reincarnated, reborn, gets a second chance to do something great that nobody's going to stop. I see I see the um, injury and destruction and the pain that evil wreaks upon the Jewish people, but I recompense it. I remember. I see. And this this thing that it says, see, I have called the name of Bezalel ben Uri ben Hur, is in order for us to be like, you see? I want you to know that I remember. I want you to know that I saw that, that person get, perish, but I did not forget. And I see the Holocaust, and I did not forget. And I see 2,000 years of persecution, and I did not forget. And I saw the Jews enslaved in Egypt, and I did not forget. And I don't forget. Uh, I, am, I, am the, I, am, I am the purveyor and keeper of justice in this world, and I don't forget forever. And that thought should be of a tremendous comfort to all of us, that when we administer justice, that's amazing, that's the best thing. But if even if not, God remembers, and justice is finally administered. And there's a justice system. This world is fundamentally just. It feels sometimes unfair, and yet it is fundamentally just. And that's what that little message is uh, that God tells us. See, I've called on B'tzalel, which really means the world is just. I remember. I see all things. That's just that little thought. Rue, see, I've called the name of Betzalel, the son of Uri, the son of Chor, but I know that he was murdered for being a sanctification of God's name, and I will, I will, I will keep my promises in the justice of this world. So just by saying, see, I've called the name of Betzalel," it means the whole world is just. There's a justice system out there. Folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer show. I really want to thank again the team that makes this show happen, Malka Fleischer, of course. Uh, you tabitha lewin we're live moshe herman and ben for getting the show out to the world lots of love to you from the land of israel it is a good land it is a good land and a good time that we are living in and nothing is going to stop and i tell you this every every show and every year i tell you again and again there are forces out there that want to darken our moods we Will not let them. We will not allow them to take down this great time and confuse us. We are living in a time of revelation. Revelation. God is revealing himself. He's not hiding himself. He's revealing himself through great steps that were promised to the forefathers and mothers 3,500 years ago. They're coming to fruition today. Today it's coming to fruition. Israel is back. Jacob, the people are back in Israel. The vision of the Jewish people in the land of Israel is back, and we are a part of it, and nothing is going to stop it. No BDSs and no campaigns, no wars and no Iranian nukes. Nothing is going to stop it. We are moving ahead at lightning speed because God has decided that it is time, and he's given us the great privilege to be a part of it. Stay tuned. More great stuff is on the way here let's stay connected next week every day write me an email most important way that we connect is when we turn our eyes to God all together and go to Yerushalayim God bless you lots of love and shalom